Everybody say vision. That's right. Say God's got a plan. And I'm a part of it. That's right. And it starts with vision. And now what is vision? The vision of, of Compass Church. Well, you guys remember we had these. We used to have them on the information table. As a matter of fact, Neil, if you'll kind of pass these out right along here. Keith, will you pass these out over here? I want to ask everybody to take one of these. And what that is, that is just a printed copy of the vision. All right? And the one thing to remember about vision is in order for you to be a success and you're either in business or in church, you have to have a clear vision of where you're going. What do you want to do? Where, where are you taking the business or where are you taking the, the church? All right? And it has to be clear. And understand, the vision never changes. The vision never changes. It's always the same. Same way you may change your mission statement and how you accomplish it, but you never change the vision. It'll always, always, you're always going to have that vision. Amen. Everybody got one of those? All right, some of you may already have one of those, and if you do, I want to thank you. <laughs> because this vision is very important. See, this, this vision is a part of who I am, but I need it to be a part of who you are. And I want to remind you, God has a plan for Compass Church, and you play a valuable part in that, all right? Because God put this vision right here, what you have, in my heart, okay? In other words, this is what he's called me to accomplish with Compass Church. But understand, I can't do it alone. In, in a lot of churches, they get in this rut where the pastor, and I'm not putting anybody down, but sometimes the pastor feels like he has to do all the work. Okay, and the, well, he, he's only going to go so far because one person can only do so much, right? So you've got to be able to delegate those duties out to other people. And that's where God will send you people to be, to be tools for you to use to accomplish the vision for what he's called Compass Church to do. Amen? Now, what is vision? Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, and he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Vision is simply who we are. Why we exist. Remember that. Who we are and why we exist. Now, if you look at this, let's just go over this really quick now. If you open it up to the first page, right here you see. Right here is our vision. Who we are or why we exist. Compass Church, we are navigating life together in the pursuit of higher worship for the glory of God. Alright? Deeper devotion for the strengthening of the body. Closer discipleship for the development of the individual, each person. Remember, discipleship is so valuable, so valuable. And then further in outreach for saving of the world. Now below that, you see our mission statement. This is kind of just the quick and snappy way to say what we do. What do we do? We love God, we lead people, we grow disciples, and we're going to win the world. That's, that's, that's what we're going to do. And if, you ever, if you're ever just wandering in and you, you, don't, you, don't, you have a, a, a brain moment where you forget, this is on the door, right above the door outside, and it's on the, the vision is on the wall out there. So you can look at that and, and, you can, and you can take it all in. But now if you look over on the next page, this is the strategy, okay? This is how we pursue the vision, or how are we going to do that? And we're going to do that when... Higher in worship, we're going to do that on Sunday morning service. That's, that's the, what I'm doing right now, the preaching on Sunday morning service. But we're also going to go higher in worship during our worship set. You know, and that's one of the things that gets so overlooked in today's society. The worship set is so valuable. 
when you think back to why God created us, He created us for fellowship. All right? And He created us to worship Him. So every opportunity we get to praise Him in your own way, you don't have to do it how everybody else does it, but you need to seize those opportunities and earnestly and and be thankful and grateful for all that He's done in your life and everything that He's brought you through and then get to the point to where you're praising Him and thanking Him for what He's going to see you through in the future. Amen. Worship is so, so overlooked, but you need to seize those opportunities, all right? Now, we're also going to go higher in worship through prayer. We're going to do it through giving and tithe. That's very important. The tithe is God's system he set in place, which is the 10%. All right, that's what God put in place for his church to operate. Now, anything above that is considered giving. All right, just wanted to... Now, and we're also going to go higher in worship with communion and baptism. Now, next, we're going deeper in devotion. How are we going to do that? Through our Bible studies... Ministries of service, you know, that's your ushers, your children's, your greeters, the worship team, all of that. And then, of course, conferences and conventions, we've done that. We did the women's conference and the men's conference here in Oklahoma. And then next, we're going further in outreach, the community outreach. That's what we, huh? Oh, closer in discipleship. Oh, yeah, and this is so, so very important. This, <laughs> and we're going to do that in small groups, the Bible reading plans, and mentorships. Mentorships is so, so important. Men, you know, I think back to a lot of my customers who are very successful in business, and, and, and one, one common element in all of their lives is they mentored underneath somebody. And see, in order to be a success in your life, sometimes you've got to be able to be humble, okay? You can't have the attitude where you know it all. I mean, you've you got to have a little bit of an attitude so you can go after it and get it done, but you've got to balance it. But you've got to be willing to be humble and go up underneath somebody and allow somebody to speak into your life that maybe have experienced things that you haven't yet to experience and can either and can steer you from making another or having another train wreck. Amen? So it's very, very valuable to be mentoring under people. All right, we've been mentoring Keith now for quite a few years. I believe he's about ready to graduate now. <laughs> oh, man. All right, and then, of course, we're going further in outreach. We're going to do that with community outreach. We did that in Panama City. We went and did the cleanup there, and we'll be doing more. Uh, special events, man, we, we do a lot of those. And then world missions. We're getting ready to go in uh, April to Swaziland, Africa. And then also we're preparing a Ukraine mission trip. So you guys can be thinking on that. And if you want to maybe go to Europe and go to Ukraine and see where some of our kids that are here come from, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to go. And then, of course, uh, we'll do that with our pastoral care. That's our first responders, hospital visits, you know, just being their prayer teams and so forth and so on. So now this is the vision. This is why I need you to, I need you to understand this to know this and make it, keep it with your Bible, you know. And, and also, I need you to be praying over this. Pray over it. It's very important. Because, you know, God's got a plan for the church, and you all are a part of it. Well, ask him, how do you fit into this vision? You see, he's given some of you dreams to go after and to accomplish and to do ministries that I don't know about, 
that only you know about. Well, see, I want to capitalize on that. And I want to take you and I want to empower you. And I want to speak into your life all that I can and, and help you and guide you to walk out that dream. Whatever it may be to impact the community for God. Amen. Very important. So keep that. Keep this. And remember, I can't accomplish the vision alone. I can't. It's impossible. Impossible. I have to have you. I have to have you. Because you guys are special, right? Right. You are special. (laughs) Thank God. Now listen, you hear me talk about all the time about seeing the value in yourself. And I'm never going to stop doing that. I know some of you probably like, Pastor, you say that ten times a Sunday. Well, I'm sorry. I'll never stop. I'll never stop. Because listen, we have so many people, so many people in our society that are walking around with low self-esteem. They feel worthless. They feel like trash, contemplating suicide. And all simply because they don't have anybody ever speaking anything positive in their life. They would do. So I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop. And listen, one of the biggest ways that Satan has deceived so many people is simply by convincing them of the fact that they're not worthless. I mean, that they are worthless. That they, they can't accomplish anything. All right? And that's simply not true. That is a lie straight from Satan's mouth. And don't fall victim to it. Amen? Because you have value. You're very important. And, and you have value to God's plan. And it starts with you being in the right place and in the right church, a part of the right family. Now, of course, I hope that's here. And I'm going to say something that most pastors don't say is, is if you don't, don't feel called to be a part of this church, then I need you to go somewhere where you, are feel, you do feel called to where you can receive the full benefits and you can receive the full teaching. Because if you learn better from them, you need to be there with them. Because, see, my heart is for the advancement of the kingdom of God all around, not just growing these four walls. Yes, I'd love to see the walls grow. But the value is in the whole church. We're all on the same team, okay? And my heart is for you to receive the best. And listen, I'm not the best teacher. I'm not the best speaker. I know that. And if you can receive better from somebody else, you know, as much as it would break my heart, I need you over there getting the best. Amen. Amen. But I love you and don't leave now. Stay with me. <laughs> That's a hard thing to say as a pastor. It really is, but I mean it. You know, I need you guys receiving the best that you can get. I really do. And if you can't get it from me, I have to be humble enough and I have to say, well, I'm sorry I did my best, you know, but please go where you can get with the best that you can get. Amen. But remember this, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. He's got a plan for you. Everybody say, God's got a plan. That's right. And I'm a part of it. That's right. See, so many people are walking around in life and they, they've got their head hung down. And, and, and they, they walk around, they have no self-confidence. You know, they just feel like they're just working a job. I'm just surviving. I'm just taking up space on this planet. Why am I here? You know, and it's simply because they don't ever get a true revelation that they are a son and daughter of God. Amen. They never truly get that. And listen, you should be creating that attitude in yourself by reminding yourself of that fact every day. 
And don't do it just once. Remind yourself a hundred times a day if it takes it. Because listen, when you, when, you start to, when you start reminding yourself, hey, I'm a son and daughter of God, the Creator, the Almighty, the All-Knowing, I am a son and daughter. When you start reminding yourself of that, you start building your confidence level up. And the more you do it, you start, you start building up your, script, your spiritual muscles. You know, you just look kind of like Zach there. When Zach, he's a machine now. The man can probably lift 500 pounds just with one arm, you know. But when he first started going to the gym, you weren't that big, were you, Zach? No, he wasn't that big. It took a process of working and working and working and repeating and over and over. It's the same thing. You need to create that attitude. Remind yourself over and over and over. The things that the enemy throws at you to throw you off track. You know, don't pay any attention to that. Keep your focus on God. And listen, if people would get that true revelation, it'll change your life. And I remember when I went through this process, and it took me over a year to really get it. And I literally had to go to the, get to the point to where I was reminding myself on the hour of every day when I was awake. I would deliberately and intentionally do it. And I did this for probably five, six months before it just finally, I just got it. I just got it. And once I got it, I was like, yes, thank you, Father. My life changed from that point on. Amen. Listen, God's got something important for you to do. And it has to do with Compass Church. No. <laughs> he does have something special for you to do. He created you with purpose, and he had that purpose in mind when he created you. And it starts with having you in the right church, right? And too often in today's society, people search for a church simply based on what the church has to offer, okay? And that's just not scriptural. It's really not. You don't shop for a church. And listen, I'm not stabbing at any churches. We're all on the same team. All right, we all are called to an area to cre- for a certain uh, group of people, right? But see, today people have the mindset that we just go to a church because maybe they can give me this or they can do this for me. Well, you don't understand, that's, that's a selfish mindset, right? But see, when you, when you, you've got to remember, you are a son and daughter of God. He created you the way that you are. He created you with the gifts and the talents that you have. So he has a plan for you. So how would you find a church? You start by praying. You see, in the New Covenant, we're to be spirit-led. You start by praying. That's how you find a church. See, he knows where you need to be because he created you the way you are, and he has a plan for you. So people need to, we need to be quick to start there. And you, and you ask God, and you pray. And see, then God will move you to a place to where you can connect with that pastor's vision, and you can use those God-given gifts and talents that he created you with to help fulfill your part to make that vision come to pass for that church. Very, very important. Very important. We, you know, we have to get to a place in our lives that we're not just being receivers of the church. We do. Now, I know that's part, that's part of the church, you know. And, and actually go out and work together to accomplish what God has set in our vision. And there's nothing wrong with being partakers of the activities. I mean, it really, actually, that's the first half of our mission statement, right? Love God and lead people. But see, we've got we to gotta learn to, to, to get past that 
and then go to the next phase, which means that we get out of ourselves and then we take what we have learned and developed in our time and our, in our lives here at the church and then we take that out to the others in the street and then we take that to the new believers, take that to the lost, take that to the inner city kids. Come on, that would take it wherever God is leading you to take it. But you see, we we gotta we gotta learn to 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 see how important we are to the whole dynamic to the whole picture. Amen. For the kingdom of God, and think about this: we're always singing worship songs, constantly singing worship songs where we're praising God and and telling Him how great He is and and how worthy he is, and, and that's fantastic. That's fantastic, right? But God says thank you, but he's saying, listen, I want you to start thinking that way about yourself because he created you as great as you are, and he created you with your gifts and talents. Come on. He created you with a purpose. And so, see, he wants you to have a revelation of, of how fantastic you are in the way that he made you and that he has a plan for you to use that to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. He has a plan for you, for all of us. And start reminding yourself of that multiple times of the day. Build up your faith muscles. Build up the self-confidence so you can go after the God-given dreams. And see, there's a lot of people walking around the world that they never have pursued any dreams. And it's so easy. If you look at the way our society is set up, typical kid graduates college, you know, early 20s, and they get out and see they're thrown out into the world. And then instead, instead of pursuing the dreams on the inside of them, most of them, they feel this need to what? To survive. So now they got to go to work. And then they get a job. And now they're working a job. may not be the best job in the world, but it's a job and they can survive. And then time just goes on, and they stay at that job 10, 15 years. Those dreams get what? They get pushed back, pushed back. And a lot of times those were God-given dreams that that had to do with the plan that God had with that specific person's life. Mm, Don't give up on those dreams. Don't ever give up on those dreams. Amen? Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Now, too often we treat church as a hospital. And that's it. We treat it as a hospital. It's a place where we go where we're hurting. Whenever, you know, I've had a hard week. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just been a lot, a, a lot of trouble. I, need, I just need to go and get prayed for. And that's what the church is for, right? But listen, you gotta, we have to learn to, to live in the fullness of God and not always being in the mindset of the needy. Now listen, don't misunderstand me. The church is here to pray with you, to walk with you, and to believe with you. And anything that you need, that's what we're here for. But you see, I've been in churches before where people will be there for 10 years. And every week, week after week, come down for prayer for the same problem. For 10 years. You know, they're not growing spiritually. They're not, they're not getting to the next phase. They're, on, they're staying in that mindset of just being needy. See, God created you. You may be needy for a while, but he created you to get past that. And he created you with gifts and talents to start giving back and to start helping the, the kingdom of God in some way or another. Amen. Learn to see the value in yourself. 
See the value in yourself. Now, as we start the new year, I want you to start it with the mindset of just how important you are to God's plan. See, ask him. Ask him. Show me. Show me. Show me. But also pray and ask God to show you how you fit into the vision for Compass Church. And listen, learn to see yourself as a person of action. Make things happen in your life. Don't just sit back and wait on somebody to come and ask you. Go after the things. I'll never forget when I was going through Bible college, I was at Raymond. There was a lady there that served in the church, and she had been there probably 20, 20 plus years. I don't know exactly. And she just went through the school, graduated, stayed there, and was, became a part of the church. And she was almost 50 at this time. And finally, she started working in the youth department, which that was kind of strange. You know, you don't see many 50-year-olds working in the youth department. And nothing wrong with that, but, you know, usually it's the young hippie, hip, hipster people. But, um, and I knew her well enough to ask her. I was like, you know, I was like, Martha, what, what, what is, uh, you know, explain to me what, what this, how this went about. And she said, well, you know, I was here for years. And I was just waiting on them to ask me. And I looked at her and I was thinking, really? She spent all that time waiting to get asked to go do that. Now listen, she finally eventually just went and did it. But look at all the years that got washed away where she could have accomplished something that God was trying to, to get her to do if she would have just taken the right steps and had the right attitude and went after it. Well, I want to encourage you, in this year, go after it. Go after it. Make some things happen. Don't be a person that's always waiting on something to happen. Listen, what's the worst thing that can happen? Somebody will say no. Okay, well, I'll go make something else happen, you know? Just make something happen. And go after your God-given dreams and learn to create an excitement in yourself. Creating an attitude that you will not quit and you will not be defeated. You won't stop. We won't stop. I'm going to tell you, yesterday morning when I got up, I wanted so bad to be here to preach on this service, but I wasn't feeling it yesterday. I wasn't feeling it very well at all. And, and I was, but I was determined. I was not, I'm getting up there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I kept pressing in, praying, and pressing in, and praying, and pressing in, and praying. And I'm here. All right? I'm here. Create things in your life. Create things in the life. Now, look, we have a great family here. It's one of the greatest things I love about a small church is the community and the family that's here. And you guys are all fantastic, you know. We really do. But remember, Satan wants us to do get our priorities mixed up or to keep our focus on the wrong things. And let me say this. He has a very effective strategy for making that possible. You know what it is? He makes us comfortable. Ooh, he does. He makes us comfortable. You see, if you're going to keep God first and start doing your part to fulfill the vision of whatever God has for you to do for the advance of the kingdom of God... You're going to have to do some things that are uncomfortable. Ooh, that's not good to hear. You're like, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, listen, are you were called to be set apart. People need to see you and see that you're different. What, is that, what do I mean by that? Or when you're, at the, when you're at the, in, the, in the break room at work and you're all around the guys and they're all talking about the, the wonderful wild weekend they had, you know, doing whatever and whatever. 
Are you going to participate in that conversation? Are you going to be set apart? You see, we're coming into a day where you're going to be challenged on what you believe. So I tell you all the time, you've got to know why you believe it and what, what you believe and why you believe it. And you're going to be challenged. We have a generation of kids, folks, that are coming out that have come from families that never stepped foot in a church. Now you have a group of kids coming out that are growing up. And now these kids are going to start voting pretty soon, and some already are. And, and this is how laws are getting changed in our nation. But now you have a group of kids coming out that the only thing they ever hear about church folks is those are just holy rollers that are goofy and crazy. And now, in their mind, they have never heard anything about what it means to have a biblical worldview. So they're going to start challenging you. They're going to start challenging you. And when you try to talk to them about Jesus, well, they're going to look at you like you're a nut. See, these are things that you're going to come up against. Now, don't let that discourage you. That may have sounded a little bit overbearing, but don't let that discourage you. Amen. But what I'm saying is be prepared. Know what you believe and why you believe it. What you believe and why you believe it. Be set apart. All right? Be set apart. And no matter what the rest of the world's saying, our lives are to be God-governed, not self-governed. We're to be spirit-led and not be led by our own desires. And that's the hardest thing to do, is to not be led by our own desires. And it's impossible to do that and remain comfortable. It is. It is. Let's just be, I'm just being real with you. But listen... Always remember, Satan cannot stop the church, but he sure can slow it down. He sure can, and he, that's his purpose. That's his job. He knows he can't stop it completely, but he can slow it down because we fall victim to not knowing what we believe and why we believe it, and the first time that we reach a little bit of resistance when we're talking about the things of Jesus, we, we cower and we run. Listen, we're coming into a day where you need to be bold about it. You need to be strong about it. You need to be confident in who you are in Christ. That's why I tell you, you need to get a revelation of who you are in Christ. And it needs to be in you. It needs to be very much a part of who you are. All right? And that, what that does is, when you understand that, that gives you the self-confidence and the attitude and the boldness to step up and talk about Jesus, to talk about the things of God confidently. Amen? I mean, you think about the job that you're in. I think about Neil. He's the greatest audio AV guy that I have ever met. And, and you know, I'm not, pat, I'm not trying to put him on a pedestal or anything, but I think back to when I was at Raymond going through school and our instructors, we had to go through an AV class in, our, in the pastor's group right at the end of the year. And, and I can remember the instructor, and I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but <laughs> he, he was, you know, he was just an ordinary audio AV guy, you know, and he, he knew his stuff. But I can remember talking to him and then just talking to Neil. Neil confidently knows his stuff. I don't have to question it. I can hear it in his voice. He's very knowledgeable. He's just confident, and he knows it. He knows that he knows, it. and it's right. There's no doubt about it. When, when he tells you what you need to do, it's right. All right? Well, you need to be that way and have that confidence about the things of God in your life. All right? Know what you know and be confident about it and speak about it with confidence. Amen? Glory to God. The devil wants to bring the church to a grinding halt to prevent us from doing what God has planned for us to do. So let me ask you this. Next year, 
or this year, will Compass Church stay as it is now? Or will it come the church that God has planned for it? Huh? That's a good question. Well, listen, it's not going to stay the way that it is. It's not. God has great things for us to do. Now, I've had, we've, we've encountered so many things. You know, we started out really first of the year last year. And man, there was, we had one service, I think we had about 140 people here. And I've had people come to me, well, pastor, you know, you know, over the time, the people have dropped off. Well, that happens. It happens. That happens when planning a church. And I've studied this a long time. Church statistics, you start big, and then people, you see people get into it, and then they start realizing that it's not a good fit for me. I don't learn well from you. And number one, we, and we were going through the struggles of a church plant. We were finding out, I was finding out who I was in the pulpit. You know, we were finding out who we were as a group, as a church. Amen, and God's been good through the whole process. But I will say this. Don't judge the success of any church just by the sheer numbers sitting in the seats. That is the biggest mistake anybody ever makes. The success of your church comes from the fruit of your people. All right? Are your people growing spiritually? Are your people stepping in and taking steps for the next phase for their life, or the next season for their life, all right? It wouldn't matter if there was only six people here. As hard as it would be, I would still have to get up here and preach and teach however God leads me to teach or preach, all right? But as long as those six people continue to grow and and continue to to become more healthy, then that's what I'm going to keep doing. I want to keep doing. So don't ever walk in here on a Sunday morning and say, man, there's only 10 people here and get discouraged. Don't ever let that happen. Listen, there's a lot of variables that come into why people come and why people go. That's not what it is. You, you just focus on why you're here and getting all that you can get from God while you're here. Amen. So as we go into 2019, I want you all to pray over the vision for Compass and ask God to show you where you fit. And if, if you fit, if your fit is some dream that you have, in other words, if, if you want to be a, the inner city minister or if you want to be a nursing home minister or whatever it is, I don't know. Come talk to me. Listen, I want to mentor you. I want to equip you. I want to empower you to step into whatever it is that God's called you to do. Because it's, ultimately, when, when we stand before him, he's either going to say, good job, or he's going to ask, what happened? You know? So you want to pursue that. And you want to do everything that you can to go after that. And I want to do that. I want to help you any way I can. Empower you. Teach you. Whatever we can do. To see whatever it is that you can do to fit into the vision for Compass Church. Amen. Now as I close, I want everybody to, to look at... Uh, Look up, I want everybody to get this scripture. 2 Timothy. Here we go, 3. Now I'm going to read 10 through 17. I want everybody, as you go through this year, I want you to take this little nugget, this little set of scriptures, and I want you to read this every day. Now this is Paul writing to Timothy here. And what he's talking about is the struggles in the Christian life. 2 Timothy 3, verses 10 through 17. 
And I'm going to read this. But I want everybody to write that down. Write that scripture down. And I want you to daily to read this, to read over it and remind yourself. All right? So let me read this. It says, But you have followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that came to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and yet the Lord rescued me from all them all. In fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All right, that's where you're going to be challenged, folks. You're going to be challenged, and you need to know why, what you believe, and why you believe it. It's going to happen, all right? Evil people and imposters will become worse, all right? They're going to get worse, deceiving and being deceived, all right? You're going to see people that are calling themselves Christians that are going to start questioning what you believe and why you believe it. So then they're going to challenge you. So you need to be very sure of what you believe, okay? But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, all right? There's that that scriptural foundation. You need to plant your feet in that, concrete them in, and don't move. Don't you allow anybody to convince you of anything otherwise. Amen? You know those who have taught you, and you know that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And this is where I want to get to. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Listen, I want you to take that scripture, and I want you to remind yourself daily that this word is for you. This is not just a book of stories, all right? It's not just something we pick up and read here and there because I'm bored. You know, I talk about all the time about studying and feeding on the word. But listen, I'm t- today I want you to, to get the revelation of this is your operations manual for your life right here. This is the number one way that God is going to speak to you. When you're praying to God and you're waiting to hear from Him, a lot of times He's just simply waiting on you to pick up the Word. And then He'll lead you through the Holy Spirit to the pages you need to turn. And those words will just start jumping off the pages to you and they'll start coming alive. Oh, it's so, so fantastic when that happens. But I want you to take that Scripture and truly get a revelation that this is God-breathed Scripture and it is for you, for your day-to-day struggles and day-to-day success and day-to-day life. Amen? Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, it's going to be a great year. I know it is. It's going to be a great year for a lot of you. I've seen a lot of you come, a lot of you come through struggles and some through successes, and there's going to be more of that going to be more of that. As we close out, I'm going to close out with just a simple prayer. But I want to do something that's a little bit different than what I normally do. I'm going to ask everybody to come down front. And I want everybody, come on, they won't, they'll all come down front. And let's all gather right here and I want everybody to hold hands. And I want to pray over you as a church family together. As we stand in agreement for what God's got next for all of us. This is one of the beauties of having a small church. We can do this. 
You know, come on down. This, everybody get in here. Everybody grab a hand. Y'all can squeeze through the tight chairs. It doesn't matter. Y'all can yell at me later for this, but it's okay. This is very important. <laughs> I just wanted to get Mike down front. He didn't like that. <laughs> Y'all look around. We have a fantastic family here. We really do. We really do. You guys are fantastic. And God's going to use you all some way in some capacity in the next year. He really is. I mean, that's so cool if you really think about that. You're going to do something this year to impact, to change somebody's life for the good. I mean, that's so cool, man. That's so cool. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this group, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to stand here and to pastor this church, Father, and to lead these people as you lead me, Father. And Father, I pray that as we go into this new year that you are going to to set forth people into new seasons in their life, Lord. And I pray that these people are going to start stepping into whatever it is that you've called them to do, Father. And I pray that they go back and they look for these dreams that have been on the back burner for for years in their lives. Lord, and I pray that they pull those dreams back out, and I pray that you start opening doors and guiding them and leading them as they go after and pursue these dreams and and see them start coming to pass, Lord, and I pray for fruit, fruit to come from each and every person here. This is a room full of ministers, Lord. And I pray for fruit to come from each and every minister here, Lord. And I pray that they will do everything that they possibly can to advance your kingdom within their realm of influence, Father. And I pray a blessing on each and every person here, Lord. A blessing of of prosperity, a blessing of healing. I pray for healing from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Lord. And I rebuke Satan on anybody's life here. Satan, you have no place in this church family. You have no place. I resist you, as Scripture says, and you have no choice but to flee from us now. And I command you to get away now. And Father, as we go on forth, and as everybody is, as they're growing spiritually and they're becoming more spiritual, healthy, Lord, we know that healthy things grow. And we call in growth for the church, Lord. As we're prepared now to not only take care of ourselves, but we're prepared to take care of whatever people you send to us, Lord. We call those people in now. We want you to know that we'll nurture them and we'll teach them and we'll guide them and we'll work through them. And Lord, we will help make them the ministers that you called them to be, Father. And Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. Praise God.